It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my con job of a psychic medium co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Today is March 1st, 2021, and you are listening to the 203rd edition of the Late Night Fright, the show Entertainment Weekly called, well, they didn't really call us anything because they don't know we exist, but we're pretty sure if they did, they'd say we're pretty awful. And we'd wear it like a badge of honor because we are awful. <laughs> Faith, you know what's not awful? The movie we're talking about tonight? The movie we're talking about tonight. There are things that go so well together. Cherries and Coca-Cola, peanut butter and chocolate, horror and comedy. Tonight we're going to drink cherry Coke and eat peanut butter cups while talking about a really fun horror comedy. What do we have on the slab tonight, Faith? From director Peter Jackson and producer Robert Zemeckis, we have 1996's The Frighteners, starring the one and only Michael J. Fox. Will the movie get up to 88 miles per hour? Stay tuned to find out. There you go. Marty McFly is going to be dealing with some ghosts tonight. I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Faith? I am definitely looking forward to it. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are so glad you're here. We'll see you on the other side. Life is a series of choices. What you eat, how you look, whether you do drugs or not. You know, cocaine, crack. See, only you can decide because the only person responsible is you. Now, if you make the right choice, there's nothing you can't accomplish. If you make the wrong choice, all your other decisions are made for you. Hey, Faith, did you know that The Frighteners was intended to be the third feature film in the Tales from the Crypt movie franchise? After Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood? Yes. It's also the last film to feature Michael J. Fox in the lead role. That's right. He went back to television after it was completed. Did you know you kind of look like the Crypt Keeper? Shut up, Faith. Stay tuned for the original theatrical trailer for The Frighteners. We'll see you on the other side. I do not look like the Crypt Keeper. You kind of do. There has been a destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We 
Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but uh, it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, in or out, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. You, you can see spirits? Emanations are normally confined to the cemetery. You cannot push spirits around! Although they do escape. And an uncanny knack. We're gonna scare the living daylights out of your parents. <gasps> for making a profit off the living. We're supposed to be his business partners. Everyone says that you're a fraud, but I've seen what you can do. Give it up, Frank. Death ain't no way to make a living. But now, some things put the fear of death in the living. What is happening to me? And send the dead running for their lives. I've seen a figure in a cape. That was the soul collector. When your number's up, that's it. Frank, we got problems. All these murders that have been going on in Fairwater, they're going to pin them on you. From Universal Pictures and Robert Zemeckis. You're next, pal. And acclaimed director, Peter Jackson. We don't stop till the screaming starts, okay? The Frighteners. Faith, isn't this how it always happens? You're driving along a winding road with your wife, you get into a terrible accident, she dies, and the whole experience leaves you able to see ghosts. Every single time. Every time. From Oscar-winning director Peter Jackson and his partner Fran Walsh, we have 1996's The Frighteners, a supernatural horror film about a psychic con man and the spirits that light up his life. Michael J. Fox stars as Frank Bannister, a former architect turned psychic medium who must do battle with Jake Busey's serial killer Johnny Bartlett, who has returned from the grave to continue his nefarious work. Would you like to join me in this faith? Ready? One, two, three. Ooh. The excellent cast includes Trini Alvarado, Peter Dobson, Arlie Ermey, Kai McBride, John Aston, and horror legend Jeffrey Combs, but it might just be D. Wallace Stone, the sweet and angelic mom from E.T. who walks away with the entire movie as Johnny Bartlett's sweetheart, Patricia Bradley. Stone was cast by Jackson because he considers her performance in the classic Steven Spielberg film to be the sweetest thing ever, and he didn't want the audience to suspect she was guilty of her crimes. Spoiler alert. She is. Yes. Very guilty. <laughs> Featuring a score by Danny Elfman, The Frighteners was released on July 19th, 1996 to okay reviews, but it underperformed at the box office. The movie has been reassessed in recent years and is held in higher esteem than it was upon its initial release. Tonight, we will be grading The Frighteners in the following categories. Overall film, The Fantastic Mr. Fox. We're going to look at Michael J. Fox there. Sadistic Sweethearts, looking at the couple Jake Busey and D. Wallace Stone play. And Creeptastic Creepings and what is that, Faith? Hellacious? Hereafter Hahas. Hereafter Hahas. That's a mouthful. 
That's what she Creep-tastic said. Creeptastic creepings and hereafter ha-has. That would be spotlighting the horror comedy mashup. <laughs> Who writes this? In lieu of stars, we will be awarding the Frighteners free psychic cleansings. Faith, you have the honor. What did you think of 1996's The Frighteners and how did you score it in the overall film category? I really, really, really like this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. I went four on it. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. Very good. That's a yes. <laughs> this is a theater of blood. Also received four from you, mm-hmm. so you have a streak going. Mm-hmm. It was just fun. I liked it. It was got your little creepy moments. It's a good blend of horror and comedy. It does a good job. What I like about this movie is that the humor really works, mm-hmm. and and I think the movie that you can compare this maybe best to is something like Ghostbusters where there's legitimate comedy but there's also legitimate horror and terror this leans a little more on the horror I think that I mean Ghostbusters is pretty terrifying in mm-hmm. parts but this is is a little more intimate I think than, than Ghostbusters is I was also is. getting slight Beetlejuice vibes slight Beetlejuice slight. vibes I'd, I'll go there people uh, under the stairs the, thi- the house reminded me of it yeah <laughs> the thing about it is the the humor works and the horror works and there are parts in this movie that are legitimately creepy mm-hmm. and legitimately get under your skin and are very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said it before on this show that the two genres go together so well. And when they are paired well and paired uh, kind of perfectly together, mm-hmm. you know, that mixture is correct. Nothing in the world to stop it. Right. Nothing in the world <laughs> exactly. to stop it. It's, it's a wonderful concoction. So absolutely wonderful concoction. I, uh, I went three and a half uh, free psychic cleansings on it. The middle of this movie gets a little muddled for me. A little bit. It gets a little muddled. My biggest complaint about this movie, and I'm going to duck as all the horror hounds out there throw whatever it is they have in their hands at me, is Jeffrey Combs, the great Jeffrey Combs uh, from Reanimator. I love the Reanimator series. I mm-hmm. love him in Cellar Dweller. I, I love Jeffrey Combs and everything he's in. I love him in this. I feel that the movie takes a little bit of a turn when his character comes in and we're spending a little too much time with Dammers. Yeah. And I feel like we should really be spending more time with Michael J. Fox and Trini Alvarado. And I feel like what that I love what they do with that. I do. I love how weird he is. (laughs) But it also feels like he just kind of shows up and then he gets shot. Not that he's in it for a few minutes. No, he's in it quite a bit. But. He shows up, kind of brings everything to a grinding halt, mm-hmm. as much fun as it is, and then he dies. And <laughs> that's it. I feel like we could have been doing a little more yeah. establishing uh, creeptasticness. And it's a minor quibble because he's so much fun to watch in this. That's the only, But I do feel like the narrative then kind of stops a little bit. Cause I, you're, I can go cause there Because you're going, you. going, going, and then it, it just kind of pulls back a little bit. Yeah, that's a, it's a minor quibble. It's... It's great entertainment. <laughs> I, I can totally, I can this, totally. This agree is great. With you. What do you think about? What do you think about the story here? Because I love this whole conceit. I love the whole uh, funny ghost story. I do too. I, and the con man side of it, I absolutely oh, I love. Love. It. <laughs> I love it. I think that's the best part. You know what? You know what? I kept thinking in my head, and then we got to see it at the end. What? What wasn't he like communicating with his dead wife? Right. Well, she had. She. They. He had, she had passed. She had gone up the light tunnel, as he said. I guess, yeah, no, yeah. but still, yeah. I thought about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I, I just think I think it's a great, clever idea. I think it's a great, clever idea that you have a con man, 
and then he absolutely has to, you know, kind of stand tall and face down legitimate evil, you know, and right. he's ill-equipped to. And I love it. I love I, too. I love I love the whole conceit of this, which segues very nicely into our next category, which is the fantastic Mr. Fox. Michael J. Fox, uh, Robert Zemeckis had uh, the producer of this, obviously directed Back to the Future and that whole trilogy. Michael J. Fox famously played Marty McFly in that. Uh, Robert Zemeckis suggested Michael J. Fox to Peter Jackson, and Peter Jackson got very taken with that idea, and they gave him the script, and he said yes immediately. And Thankfully for all of us, he said yes immediately. There was a, a great list of people, though, who they had mm-hmm. in mind. Uh, should he have turned it down? Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Uh, I think John Cusack was on the list. I think so. Danny DeVito was on the list. I could have seen Danny DeVito doing something like this. But yeah. for me, you need somebody like Michael J. Fox. And the reason you need somebody like Michael J. Fox in this is the same reason you need him in Back to the Future. Now, Back to the Future, if you if you don't know your film history, they filmed six weeks with Eric Stoltz, who had a completely different take on Back to the Future than Michael J. Fox did. They wanted him from the beginning, but he couldn't get out of his family ties, contract, scheduling, and yada, yada, yada. So they went with Stoltz. It wasn't working. They had a deal in place with Universal Pictures that if it didn't work with Eric Stoltz, they'd pay to reshoot, and that's what happened. Michael J. Fox said that he thinks Eric Stoltz, who's a great actor, didn't work because he didn't bring a sense of lunacy to it. Because you look, you, you take us back to the future is a goofy movie. <laughs> Star Wars is a goofy movie. They're, they're all goofy movies, but Back to the Future is a goofy movie, and he's kind of goofy in it. He brings a sense of kind of lunacy and, and humor to it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. He is the perfect choice for this because I do feel Michael J. Fox has a lot of depth. And I'm mean, going use a big Bravo channel word here, gravitas. He's got <laughs> gravitas as an actor. And it, it's it, he handles the, the light elements so well. Mm-hmm. And then he hits you right over the head with some of those deeper emotional things that happened in this movie. And I think he's the perfect choice for this. What oh, did you, what did so. you think of Michael J. Fox? What did you, Frank you give him? I went for free I, I psychic <laughs> cleansings uh, in the fantastic Mr. Fox category. It's hard not to give him a four because he's Michael J. Fox. <laughs> he is Michael J. <laughs> Fox. And he's, he, and uh, you know, this is 25 years now at the time of this recording. Uh, you know, he's looking a little older uh, mm-hmm. from his Marty McFly days as, as he should. He's, right. he's 10 years, 10 or so years older at this point. He's in his mid thirties at this point in his career. He's also, uh, we didn't know it at the time, but he's dealing with Parkinson's disease. He's, he's the first, you know, kind of, kind of stirrings of that. And I think he's just perfect. He's got the right look for this. He does. I feel like he has like an everyday man type of look. He really, like, he oh, really there's does. There's a realness to him and like that's, his look. That's why Marty McFly works mm-hmm, exactly. so well. And that's why he works so well here. Because what was striking me is, as this was going on was how much sympathy I was feeling for him. Because mm-hmm. there, there's these shades that pop out of his performance where this is not a guy who wants to be seen what he's seen. This is not a guy who right. wants to be put in this position. And... You get the whole thing, too. This is the guy who's grieving, who is severely grieving. And you get that. I love the storytelling, too. Peter Jackson did a great job with the storytelling Mm -hmm. here, the way you're given the information on this guy. Yes. And, you know, they kind of paint him for a minute as possibly the murderer, Mm -hmm. you know? And you you kind of buy it for a minute, maybe, you know? Yeah. But, um, no, his performance is great. And 
this is the last film he he was the lead in. Mm-hmm. He's done supporting parts and and things, and he's done television, obviously, since then. Uh, whether or not that choice was made because of the Parkinsons or not, I think it probably had something to do with probably it. Probably so. What a film to be the last. Oh, I know. You know, the last you know major lead. So he started. It, I love the symmetry here too. His first kind of real lead role was in Teen Wolf. A horror f- comedy horror film, and he bookends it with The Frighteners, which is another comedy horror film, and I like both of those movies very much. So he's wonderful here, and and I love it because it is a different breed from Marty McFly. Yeah, which that's what he's best known for. He will always be known <laughs> no. for Marty McFly, but uh, he looks kind of tired in this too. He does, and I like that. I do too. I like that. What do you think Again, about like his relationship he said, he, with? He's grieving, so I feel like it kind of yeah. kind of goes with it. What do you think about his relationship with the spirits? Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like the two most random spirits to be, I don't know, around him. <laughs> yeah. I, and I buy the thing because it's it's very few actors who could play the con man side of this, mm-hmm. which is very unlikable, uh, <laughs> and be completely likable at the same time. And one of the things, and this is in the script, it's not so much him, I love the whole setup with him running over Peter Dobson's uh, yard. He he runs and he breaks the fence the in, the, in the gnomes, <laughs> and then when he comes to do the the uh, psychic clearing, which is a complete con job because he's getting out of having to pay for that fence. He <laughs> runs over the the part of the fence that he didn't run over before. I know. And really, too, what I love about it, everything you need to know about the character of Frank Bannister, you get in the first kind of like 10 or 15 minutes of the movie when you see him driving in this town. This movie was filmed in New Zealand, which is amazing when you think about it. I know. You know, but uh, I love the look of the movie, too. The Me little too. town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Fairfield, I believe, is is name of the town. It, it It's a character unto itself. But when he's driving these winding roads and he's cutting through the curves, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of everything you need to know about that guy. That's who that guy <laughs> right? is. You know, and it's amazing he's still doing that because that's what led to the to the accident. So really wonderful. And the fact that he's living in that house and it's not finished, you I know, know. And, and and I love how it kind of comes back at the end and they, they you know, destroy the house. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it all. Before we get uh, in the next category, one of the things I like about this movie and you can you can talk about it off of Michael J. Fox is the color scheme in the movie because he's wearing that that burgundy. Mm-hmm color the entirety of the movie and he's always wearing the burgundy he's also wearing a little bit of green at Mm -hmm. times too Mm -hmm. um peter jackson at one time was tapped to write an elm street sequel uh i don't know if that is possibly a Hmm. nod to fred krueger there is a nod to fred krueger in this film a very big nod to fred krueger we're gonna talk about that in a second Mm -hmm. i'm wondering though uh the obvious reasons with the red and green, that's, uh, come on, who do you think of when you, horror, but if maybe he wasn't using the idea of, you know, the red and green being hard for the eye to process, because Frank Bannister's in a weird place in, <laughs> right? in this movie, so I don't know, I didn't see anything in the trivia section of the IMDb yeah, or Wikipedia, point, but uh, but I did notice the red and green. Mm-hmm. I did too. You know, so I don't know if that was just a nod or an homage because there are a few homages in this movie that, yes, I, that, I, that I do like. Uh, I caught two big ones mm-hmm. let's see if you caught any more but uh michael j fox fantastic you went four i did mm-hmm. four okay so our next category is sadistic sweethearts mrs d wallace stone and mr jake Busey. that's jake Busey, son of gary Busey. that's 
Academy Award nominee, Gary Busey. We just talked about Gary Busey on our Silver Bullet episode. We both, I, I adore Gary Busey. I do too. And his son, Jake, looks an awfully lot like him. Yeah, no, yeah he's, he does. He's got a real look about him, doesn't he? <laughs> does. When I, I saw this movie in the theaters when it was released. I saw it two or three times. I loved it. It's just, there was nothing like it. Right. You know? And nothing in the movie scared me except for Jake Busey and just the way that he looked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real talent. I yeah. think it's a real talent. You know, I'm not talking, I'm not saying he's a, cause he's not a, he's not a creepy guy in real life <laughs> that I know of, uh, but he, he could turn that, that, that spark in the eye on, you know, like Michael exactly. Keaton can do, you know, yeah. um, they are our killers here. Yes, uh, they are. Johnny Bartlett and Patricia Bradley. Johnny Bartlett was an orderly at a hospital. She was the 15 year old daughter of one of the doctors, the administrators. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And they had a little thing, so. and they, uh, well, they were keeping score. Mm-hmm. They were keeping score of uh, how many they got. They were trying to be the greatest team of all time. How many free psychic cleansings did you give our sadistic sweethearts? I went 3.5. I went 4. And I'll tell you why I went 3.5. Yeah. I wanted more of them together, I guess, through, like, I don't know. That would tie in to what I mentioned about the Jeffrey Combs character because you spend. We could have had them. We could have had more Mm -hmm. of them. Right. We could have. You could have taken out his bit in the movie and you Mm -hmm. could have elongated that third act where then you could get more with her. That's the thing because she is so good in it. And when I saw this movie 25 years ago in the theater, I walked out going, holy crap. Like. (laughs) That's what I remembered from the movie was was her. Yeah. Was her and how sweet and vanilla she is. <laughs> and then how it turns on a dime. I mean, I she's know. got his ashes in her bedroom. And, I know. And I love the misdirect too that you that because it is Dee Wallace and you think she's sweet. She's Elliot's mom, you know, she's Elliot's mom. Right. And you think it's her mom, her mom. Yeah, you think she's a victim. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a wonderful starts. what a wonderful setup and payoff. I know. But Jake Busey as Johnny Bartlett is is just amazing as both the real life you know incarnation and as the spirit yeah. of it. Uh, I love because he he died in the electric chair. I love that when he's a spirit, his hair is cut where they where they put the <laughs> the leads on him. I know. I love that. Um, creepiest thing here is the numbers, the numbering of the victims, yes. which I think is a, that actually got me. It gets me every time I watch it when he's when. Fox sees the first one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful setup. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. It, it, I love it. And that they're keeping score. Yes. You know, do you think this movie is saying something about our, our, our kind of, I don't know what the word, our preoccupation with serial killers. Do you think this movie might be saying something about that? Cause maybe I feel like there is some more stuff happening under the surface here. This is a great fun romp, but yeah. there is, they they spent an awful lot of time talking about serial killers and, and things like that. And Peter Jackson was coming off of Heavenly Creatures, which is a movie that featured uh, Kate Winslet and uh, Melanie Linsky, most famous uh, for her role in Two and a Half Men. And they uh, they killed people in that movie. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that it, it does kind of speak to like the American fascination with serial killers. Yeah, and I, I my aunt and sister are all about watching true crime on serial killers. Me too. And they're, I know you are. And they're like the nicest people in the world. And then they get to talk about these serial killers. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a horror hound. I'm, I host a horror podcast. 
and it gets to the point where I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I got I got to walk out the room, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it does say something about that, I think. And, and he's so good. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's chilling. It's creepy. You know, I think people talk about it because we probably try to get into the brain of that person, you know, like right. really try to grasp how somebody could be like that, you know? Right. I don't know. Right. These are not nice people here. No, not at all. <laughs> Johnny and Patricia, they, they're they great. I think this movie oh, they're is fantastic. I vastly to... underrated. And I think, oh, it, I I think, think so. these, these two as like a, a killer couple, I think, is, is vastly <laughs> underrated, too. Yeah, that's why I wanted more of them. Because once they're together, it's like, oh, wow. And then it's like... And it's funny. It's funny while it's being creepy, like when he's uh, getting her to kill uh, how she's going to kill Trini Alvarado's character, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he's he's totally getting off like, I know, like, yeah, baby, do it, you know, (laughs) and I absolutely love those. Speaking of D. Wallace Stone as Patricia Bradley, I absolutely love how uh, Frank Bannister, Michael J. Fox's character takes her out. I love that he literally rips her soul from her body. I know. Like, I thought that was just a wonderful touch. And I love them in the tunnel of light <laughs> sniping at him. And then it ends up that they, you know, they get devoured into hell. Yes. You know? Yeah. I love the look, too, of when he is referred to as, what was it, the soul eater? Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, he's wearing that that cape, mm-hmm. you know, that, that rug almost. You know, I love the look of him oh, as look. as the spirit, the evil spirit, and I love the fact that he can kill other spirits. That he can like, like, you know, take them out and they end up going to wherever it is they're going to go. Right. I love uh, uh, Frank Dobson's character, Trini Alvarado's husband, uh, when he tries to protect <laughs> her from in the house, and like you see his skin just <laughs> hit the car. <laughs> yeah, there's some gruesome stuff in here. I mean, in the um, this was a year before. A year or two before, uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was, the uh, the whole Columbine thing, you know, with the mass shooting, mm-hmm. which which really then entered that into the public consciousness. And right. uh, looking back on it, it's absolutely gruesome what they're doing in the hospital, the two of them, you know, back what, you know, got him arrested, yeah. you know, and her put in to the psych ward. It's absolutely gruesome. And, and they do a great job of playing that kind of detached thing, you know, where they're just getting their kills. It's 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 creepy. It's yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's really creepy. And Jake Busey has that look that he, just he does is creepy <laughs> on top. So his teeth, you know. Yes. Teeth. And I'll tell you what, his father cannot deny him. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. So finally, we have creeptastic creepings, and here after haha's the marriage of horror and comedy in this film. I think this movie does a great job of it. I went three and a half. I did too. Free psychic cleansings uh again i don't want to pick on the jeffrey combs character dammers who i really enjoyed in this movie but uh i felt like that was a little too much mm-hmm. and that kept it down a little let's talk about the horror elements in this movie let's talk about the homages because there were two big ones, big ones that yeah. i found uh one of them they did a few times in the movie in the first three minutes of this movie there's an homage to freddy krueger uh, the the Johnny character and spirit form comes through the wall. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I see that happen, I, I, I immediately think of yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. And this movie does the homage to the original 84 film. That moment better than the 2010 remake <laughs> did. <laughs> Seriously. There's also a moment when Michael J. Fox's character is uh, going there in an abandoned 
a psych facility, mm-hmm. a hospital, and he uh, breaks into it through a door and he puts his face through the door and it was Jack Nicholson out of The Shining. And yep. if you see the still of it, it, it looks more like the Jack moment than in the movie, but mm-hmm. it's... It's pretty prevalent. Now, they did the uh, Freddy Krueger thing two or three times in the movie. You see it, uh, right. and it comes up through the floor and comes up. There was even a little moment. Uh, it might be a reach, but uh, it felt a little like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when the floorboards were going up and down, yeah. which is one of the famous shots from this. And uh, that was like on all the previews was the, was the floorboards going up and down. And that kind of felt like part three a little bit when yeah. uh, Patricia Arquette and Heather Langenkamp are facing the big dick-looking... Freddie snake <laughs> but uh that was what i caught did you catch did you catch any more no no those the, I, I caught those but that was that was about it the the horror elements here i think are really 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 strong i i think this uh with great movies like this that are kind of you know treading the line if you push it to the left it's a little more scary if you push mm-hmm. it to the right it's it's a little more funny and i think they they you know they walked the line yeah that's well. what i said i think it's a really good blend of horror and comedy because i mean like you just said, if you if you go one way or the other, and they have coming. they have the right guy selling this, Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. because he like we said he plays that comedy so well. And for me, what's working is clicking for me now. What's working in his performance is when he gets scared in the dinner scene, in particular, mm-hmm. when when he sees the number and then the guy dies and and Johnny comes in and kills that guy, and he gets scared. The movie then takes on a whole nother dimension. Yeah, and and you true. know that like they're like legitimate stakes because this yeah. guy does kind of have a handle on the spiritual side of things. And then all hell is literally starting to break loose and he gets scared. So I, I again, I've seen the movie several times. I was getting a little antsy watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this happened, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, the number part was one of my favorite things because I feel like once he realized what was happening, like you said, it would just kind of kick it into you know another gear yeah another yeah. gear for sure yeah this is so well done peter jackson uh peter jackson thinks it's like his first kind of big budget movie and and he went on to you know direct the lord of the rings trilogy and won an oscar for the return of the king worked with the great christopher lee in fact peter jackson is responsible for my favorite christopher lee story that is the one where he was instructing Christopher Lee on how a man should sound when he gets stabbed in the back. And Christopher Lee says, oh, no, 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 my dear boy. That is not the sound a man makes when he is stabbed. And Peter Jackson says, and I just I took his word for it because I <laughs> had a feeling that he knew. And he, he seems like Peter Jackson seems like he's feeling a, he knew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Uh, Peter Jackson seems like such a lovely guy. He really does he uh, i'm excited he has a documentary on the beatles coming out nice. um they gave him access to all of the footage that was filmed for the let it be documentary that they made back in 1970 and he they wanted him to go through and re-edit it and tell a different side of the story and uh cool. so yeah and uh that's gonna be coming out in 2021 hopefully uh they they did a six minute preview of it little trailer and it looks very exciting and uh very cool. uh, I'm very excited about that. So uh, yeah. that should be a lot of fun. He's a, he's a wonderful filmmaker. He seems like a wonderful guy. And I feel like this movie really does kind of encapsulate because he did make splatter movies. <laughs> he made Dead Alive and like these these real gory, funny things. And this really kind of kind of comes together here, I think, in a, in a great way. Yeah, uh, it's a little more mature than some of his his previous stuff uh, outside of Heavenly Creatures, which we need to do. 
it's 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 I a really it's a really 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 good movie. You'd uh, you'd like it, and uh, it's kind of one I, I wasn't thinking about it because you don't really kind of think of it as a horror film per se. But uh, okay. we could do it on the show. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. We can want. do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I went uh, three five. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. What about the humor? I thought the humor was landed. I, I, it's such a good watch. This is such a good rainy day movie that you mm-hmm. you know, or it's really cold and you know. I think I did watch this while it was raining and cold. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And you just get real snug and get mm-hmm. yourself a cup of uh, uh, hot apple cider or something, and sit there and watch this movie, and it's just it's really great. Before we before we go, uh, last week I just realized this. Uh, we talked about Morticia Adams, Carolyn Jones. This week we have Gomez in the film, John Aston, And Peter Jackson would go on to direct John Aston's son, Sean, in The Lord of the Rings. But uh, what did you think about the supporting cast here? We had a great supporting cast I here. I was going to say that earlier. I, I love the whole entire cast. I love Trini Alvarado in this. Me too. And she reminds me... and. It, this point in mm-hmm. time of a young Andy McDowell yeah, and she I has that, that same prettiness that she Andy does. McDowell. It's that hair and that color mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of kind of built the same, mm-hmm. you know, feature wise. And uh, I think she's a wonderful foil for oh, Michael I J. Fox. Her. Peter Dobson is her husband who dies, is absolutely <laughs> wonderful and hysterical. And the moments, especially talking about the humor here, the moments that they have like the uh restaurant scene where he's, you know, with them on their date, right? you know. Uh, which some of the funniest stuff in the movie and um, <laughs> him seeing him when he's a spirit for the first time. Uh, I think I died. <laughs> you know, I'm moving back into the house. No, don't do that. It's, <laughs> it's some great stuff. Cass, I'm um, looking at these names here. Uh, Arlie Ermey, who, who died recently, most famous for playing the drill instructor in full metal jacket. Uh, he played the, well, the drill instructor here <laughs> and funny story there. They wanted somebody like Arlie Ermey. And then they looked at each other and said, well, why don't we get Arlie Ermey? <laughs> Kai McBride is one of my favorites. He he's, it's a wonderful character actor. And, and again, I don't want to seem like I was kicking on Jeffrey Combs. He's awesome. He's amazing in this. Oh, yeah. Everything wearing those black contacts, that, that haircut he's got. Yeah. Um, what a weird, wonderful character I, I just feel like it kind of slows down he either needed to be introduced earlier on or or something but yeah i agree with you it's kind of like here he is we could have been kind of maybe following some other people yeah. and then he's done with at the end. we uh we also have the great troy evans playing the uh sheriff in mm-hmm. in here and he's one of those faces you see him yeah. and he's always a welcome face i love this guy and this uh, these great character actors like that can mm-hmm. do anything and he's wonderful in this movie and then of course you have a uh, d wallace stone and what a what a performance there but uh i think the whole cast is i know really exceptional and and i don't feel like anybody's stealing anybody's stun there i feel Mm-mm. like it's a nice ensemble i know i always think that when i was watching it really good cast uh, my favorite Trini Alvarado moment is right at the end of the movie when there are a couple and you realize that she can see dead people now too. Yes. And when she puts that, uh, the, what is it? A carpet or a rug or something that the, the blanket, she the has blanket. a blanket and she holds it up like, uh, like the soul eater or whatever. <laughs> and it's chasing him. And you can tell that like they're having fun and he's got a woman I in love, his life that he for like not even a split second she thought he was cuckoo like i really like that she was mm-hmm. 
accepting of him and just yeah you know on board with whatever yeah <laughs> whatever he was yeah. saying i love the scene uh speaking of that scene when when he comes in to do the uh the fake con job of a psychic cleansing yes. and he comes in and goes well did they slam the, the toilet lid <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the whole thing with uh, with them haunting the houses is, is just great. It's so good. Yeah, it's really it's 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 a great movie. It is. It's, 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 it really, it's a lot of fun to watch. It is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, before we take a break, how do you feel about this as a Tales from the Crypt uh, film? Because it was going to be a Tales from the Crypt. I mean, I could film. have I could have seen it. Yeah, in there. I mean. I think it works standing alone. I think so. I was going to say. I, I think they shot themselves in the foot, the studio did, because they were going to release this right at Halloween, and they said, no, this is great. Let's put it out in the summer. You know, and, and it got eaten up, and this is a movie that should be seen in the fall. This yeah. is a fall-winter movie. You know, there's yeah, certain... Yeah, this isn't a summer, certain, summer day movie. Certain music, certain music deserves to be listened to in a car with the windows down, mm-hmm. going down the road. Certain movies deserve to be seen at certain times of the year. Yep. When it starts getting a little cool outside, I know it's getting time for Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. I know it's getting time for Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, summer? Well, that's the time when you watch Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like Certain movies belong in certain to certain times of the year. This is a movie that belongs to fall. Yeah, summer. Winter. summer's a, that's a weird choice. Yeah. And it got eaten up. It really did. Yeah. It got eaten up at the box office, it just, and yeah. it shouldn't have. So, like I said, I went and saw it two or three times, and uh, with an audience, audiences loved it. Like, just not a lot of people there, unfortunately. That's a shame. I really do feel like it's underrated. Yeah, it is. I think it is. I think it is a little bit. Because I honestly hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it for the show. That's yeah. That's kind of a shame, because it's a really good movie. I love, I love the... I love the symmetry, though, like I mentioned. Michael J. Fox really kicking the movie career off with with a horror comedy, Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. and, and in you know, that lead role with, with this. I, yep. think, I think it's kind of a wonderful symmetry, and D. Wallace Stone and Jake Busey are just... So good. Greatness. Everybody's great in it. Great. In it. I'd like to see more Trini Alvarado. We need more Trini I Alvarado. I think her most famous role is 1995's Little Women with Winona Ryder, and then this. But she's, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but she's great. Yeah, I enjoy her a lot. Do you have anything you'd like to add about the Frighteners before we take a break? I think that's it. That's it for me, too. We are going to take a short break. We need to tally up our scores and see how the Frighteners fared tonight. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. cold front ripped through Cozy Corner, bringing with it ice and sleet. The town was shut down for three days with most residents having to stay home and away from work. It all worked out as everyone stayed safe and they didn't really want to go to work anyway. Netflix has had to issue disclaimers that their hit series The Crown about the life of Queen Elizabeth II is indeed a dramatic work and not a documentary. It just goes to prove what Faith and I have been saying for years. People are stupid. 
In intergalactic news, scientists are not exactly sure how Han Solo's ship, the Millennium Falcon, got into a space worm that was hiding in an asteroid. Solo was evading Imperial ships when he flew the ship into the asteroid but somehow ended up in the giant space worm. Did the Falcon fly into the creature's mouth or did it go up its butthole? We'll keep you updated on the story as it develops. Finally, it was recently announced that Tim Burton will be directing a Netflix series based on the character of Wednesday Adams. Faith, I've got a 10-spot bet that it's not actually a dramatic series, but a documentary about his ex-wife, Helena Bonham Carter, because she's crazy and she's kooky, and altogether, a little ooky. But we love her. And that is the news. Stay tuned for the Frighteners' final score and a preview of next week's episode. We'll see you on the other side. Da-da-da-da. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. All right, Faith. How did it fare? How did the Frighteners fare tonight? It came out with 3.75 free psychic cleansings. cleansings. <laughs> that's that's about right. That's fair. Very fair. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Really, really good pick. Made some really good movies recently, actually. We really have. We really, we really have. have. So with that spirit, uh, we, we really haven't pitted movies against each other right. uh, recently, but we're going to pit two movies against each other next week. Two very similar movies, yet not similar. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a look at two remakes. Two remakes of 1932's classic universal film, The Mummy, that starred Boris Karloff famously. We're going to look at 1999's Stephen Summers film, The Mummy, that starred Brendan Fraser. Then we're going to look at 2017's Tom Cruise film called The Mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Called The Mummy. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen the Brendan Fraser film. Mm, Me too. And I have not seen the Tom Cruise film since it was released. I've never seen it. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Then this, this is going to be great. I remember not liking it when I saw it, but I also had expectations for it. So we'll see see how that plays out. Go in open-minded. We're going to go in with an open mind. So we're going to see which one we think is the rightful heir. It's going to be exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to pick the categories. It will be scored in like the same categories. So it's, so it's all fair. It's all fair. If you have any thoughts on the mummy or the mummy... <laughs> Or the Frighteners, you can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank each and every one of you out there for tuning in, letting us drone on a little bit in your ears. You know, it's fun to talk about movies, and it's more fun to talk about movies with a friend. Faith and I get to do this, and we like sharing our conversation with you. We hope that this is getting you to look at these movies in maybe a new light, but also 
just getting you to talk about movies with your friends right. because these times we find ourselves living in some people are trying to keep us separated we don't buy that we don't buy that and what better way than to spend a few minutes and talking about a film with a friend there you go that's it isn't it <laughs> that's it we hope all of you out there are happy healthy and safe and taking your vitamins <laughs> taking your vitamins so Next week, we got Brendan Fraser going up against the one and only TC. <laughs> TC. Some would say he's a horror movie all into himself. <laughs> he's a couch jumping maniac, but damn it, I love him. <laughs> damn it, I love him. Uh, the Frighteners, this was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We have had, we've had a good run here recently. We have. Films, and, and so we're going to keep that going with, uh, I know that I enjoy the 1999 Mummy <laughs> film. So we got at least one. <laughs> Yeah, at least one. And Tom Cruise. Come on, well, it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, at so, least you get to see Tom Cruise. You get know? to see Tom Cruise. I'm going to go with an open mind. I am too. I am too. I am too. So it'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you all out there again for listening. Thank you for your continued support. And to any spooks, specters, astral travelers, or intergalactic envoys who may be tuning in or here in the studio with us, we want to thank you all for tuning in too. Faith feels like it's that time it does let's see if the magic works if we count to three and snap will the outro music start let's try one two three it's that time again faith time to say goodbye goodbye some would say next week we're gonna be wrapped up in the mummy <laughs> har har ah, it's been a while <laughs> since we've done a mummy film i know we did the Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing mummy back in December, True. but even before that, it, I think, I think the last while. one was was Karloff. Yeah. So it's been a while. It'll be, be fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Something different. Something a little different. It's always good. It's always good for something different. Switch it up. Switch it up. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, the dawn is soon upon us, so Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. Be safe. We'll see you on the other side.